Triple M's. Oh! That's gone sideways! My word! That has gone sideways! Oh. <laughs> Cricket Fan Podcast. Welcome back to the Triple M Cricket Fan Podcast. It's been a really long time since we've last done this. Uh, we had grand plans to keep doing it over the Australian winter, but then uh, COVID tore us out of the office and it was just a little too difficult. But we're back. We're back on deck. I'm um, your host, Rudy Etzel. I'm joined by Tommy Beers. Hello, Tom. G'day, boys. Uh, it's good to be back. It's been a while, but uh, yeah, bring on the cricket season. Let's get stuck in. Let's, let's indeed. And one man who's keen is... Uh, Jim Redback over there. It's George Onion's quarter. How I how I Onion? Yeah, good boys. Was Jim Redback the one who set up the Thanks for uh, Cricket T-shirts? Yeah, it was. Or Redback Jim, I think it was on Twitter. Either way, Redback Jim. Yeah, yeah, a lot uh, of merch, but it's unfortunate because over here in Adelaide today, it's been raining most of the morning, so it's a shame that the fixture didn't want to just move back a day, and the Redbacks could have maybe salvaged a draw because of the weather. <laughs> Oh, that's peak didn't. South Australia attitude. That let's yeah. pray for rain. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, and they've moved the entire Sheffield Shield over there, mate, and you still can't get it done. It's <laughs> no, I know. No. Um, Home we, ground advantages, you know, it's never been more in, in SA's advantage, but um, no, unfortunately, it seems to be. Oh, they're a bit of a. I say rabble the Redbacks, but they're not in Basket a good spot case. at the moment. But I'm sure yeah. I've got the rundown in front of me. It's got SA still bad. We can get to that. <laughs> we can. We can. And what's more, we will. But the big ticket news uh, at the moment is the new test squad, uh, which has been announced for the, the India series. They're due out here uh, in the next month. Uh, Tim Payne remains captain. They've, they've picked 17 players. So Tim Payne uh, is there. Sean Abbott, Joe Burns, Paddy Cummins. Cam Green, Josh Hazelwood, Trav Head, Manus Labashane, Nathan Lyon, Michael Neeser, James Pattinson, Will Pukowski, Steve Smith, Mitch Stark, Mitch Swepson, Matty Wade and David Warner have all made the 17-man squad. Seems a touch excessive to me for a home series, but um, I think... Very excessive. I think they've done it to really... Um, to really sort of like show a few blokes there on the radar. That's it's a it's a future squad almost in a sense, isn't it? A uh, few uncapped blokes in there, um, including uh, uh, the man we Beersy and I want to talk about, Will Pukowski. Um, oh, yeah. He's just batted his way into the into the squad. He just made himself completely like he just had to be picked. I think the um, the seventeen man squad. It's, I mean, that's more than what you take to the Ashes. I think it's it's fifteen for the Ashes, but yeah. I think you'll find that this test squad is going to be more likely the hub squad for the, for the duration of the summer. Um, they're all going to have to go into a hub. Obviously, India are going to be doing the same. So um, I think they're just probably trying to cover all bases. I think Sean Abbott's probably a beneficiary of that. He's had a good start the Shield season, but I think um, Cameron Green's probably a bit ahead of him. And maybe if Mitch Marsh was fit, he might have been in ahead as well. But I think the um yeah, the, the, I think it's kind of a, a COVID safe squad for the seventeen, in yeah. my opinion. I think. Yeah, I think you've it's got also a lot of bowling gone. options in there. You've got um, like you look at you. No one's going to knock off Stark, um, Hazelwood, and Cummins for the starting three bowling roles, um, unless there's an injury. And we've got Pattinson, Nisa, Abbott, and then Cam Green as like an all rounder as well. Like just. Seems like are we did we really need six quicks to go in this squad? Like, so I reckon they've picked Cam Green on the strength of his batting. He's been so good with the stick. 
Yeah, like. okay. Well, I'll, I'll leave putting him aside. You've still got three kind of genuine quicks in mm. that squad, and I just think that's a bit excessive. But, it is. Um, well, but like you said, they're just rewarding guys for their performances in the shield and saying they're around the mark and you're in the squad. And for the younger yeah. guys, they can get a bit of experience out of it too. Yeah, I did try to lead us off into a discussion about Will Bukowski, uh just before. How good is he going? He makes. <sighs> He just, the runs that he makes are massive, but also they look good. <laughs> you know, like you can yeah, sometimes watch a guy. so comfortable. Yeah. You know, you can watch, sometimes watch a guy make a heap of runs in the shield and you go like, but you, you can sort of tell, uh, sort of like the same way Adam Voges did when you sort of went, you know, it's just, you can sort of tell they're just not a long-term test proposition. Um, mm-hmm. Voges may be a bad, bad example because he ended up averaging 60 at test level, but you understand what I mean. Um, Kovsky yeah. just looks like a test player. Every single thing that he does looks test level to me. He's got time, and that's the thing that like most guys at the top level struggle for. Like you know, you get rushed in. Like young players get kind of rushed into the test squad, and then they kind of get chewed up and spat out. A little bit like Nick Maddinson did in a similar kind of stage of his career a few years back, um, who just didn't have that time, and now has kind of come full circle, and he's kind of. Um, make it back in the mix again, but like he's just like all of his shots, he doesn't look flustered at all. Bowl full at him, bowl short at him, bowl spinners at him. He's just comfortable and he's just smacking runs for fun. So I'll, I'm very and and to be fair, he probably should have already played Test cricket by now, but he's had his his issues where he's pulled himself out of contention. So um, I think he's he's ready now, and hopefully he's uh, he he can he can put it together himself, and we can get the best out of him. Do we think his Do we think his spot is at the top of the order? Obviously, he's obviously he's open to Victoria this year, but he spent a lot of his time in the middle order um, through he's the first part of three. Screen. Yeah, he's batted at three a lot for Victoria, so I think opening shouldn't be an issue because he's obviously made a million runs at the start of the Shield season opening. So, and that's probably where there is a, a spot in the side. Like Joe Burns is probably the one who's most in danger. He's not going to take Marnus's spot. He's not going to take Steve Smith's spot. He's probably better served opening than batting at like six. So I reckon why not? Well, it would be, you imagine he'd either open or bat uh, at at five and I'd leave maybe head out, but I, I'm not sure you can mm. leave head out. It's, it's, see, Joe Burns seems extremely vulnerable to me. He's made, has can't buy a run in the shield this season. Um, yeah. And they haven't, they haven't picked Marcus Harris. So yeah, to, to it me it look seems... When there's a lot of, it doesn't look great for Joe Burns when there's been a lot of runs being made over here by yeah. everybody else. Well, um, every yeah. every batsman in the shield looks like Don Bradman this season, don't they? Just yeah. making so many yeah. runs. Like, and then, well, yeah. I've got a small, th- I've got small theory on that, actually. Go on. Um, which, which hasn't been written about or spoken about very much, but maybe because we've all just forgotten about it, is that uh, the bowlers... And I, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent here, but obviously you can't use your spit or your sweat to... Um, shine the ball. So the bowlers aren't getting as much assistance. Um, so obviously harder to take wickets, although you could argue that New South Wales getting out for 60 the other day um, <laughs> might have been an anomaly, but maybe they're just making the pitches just a little bit greener just to assist the bowlers out a little bit more, but it's not having the same effect. So if there's a time to be making runs, when the bowlers probably have the least amount of help that they've had for quite a while. So that's... Um, Probably another reason why so many people are making the runs. Just a shame for Joe Burns. Yeah. 
it is. It just yeah, it does seem like he'll um, he'll miss out. Uh, another player that's really just like shoved their way into the squad on the weight of results is Mitch Swepson. He just keeps taking wickets, takes so many wickets at state level, really. And to do it in Australia as a leggy is super impressive. He's single-handedly bowled them to a couple of wins. Like, mm. South, <laughs> this might be a good segue into the South Australia bashing, but he, <laughs> they needed three wickets very quickly to wrap up that game on the final day, and he just went in and ran through them. And he's done it a couple of times. And I think at one stage there he had four innings for 19 wickets at like 15 apiece and two, two and over or something. He's like, those are incredible numbers for a leggy in Australia. We just haven't seen that since McGill and Warren were yeah. playing Shield. So um, it's good signs, but he's just not... I, unless Nathan Lyon gets injured, he's just not going to get a crack. I was going to say, it's good that we've actually got an heir apparent to Nathan Lyon now because we're you know, mixing yeah. it around with Agar and Zampa for a little bit, but clearly Mitch Swepson just jumped a lot of them to be... Well, even O'Keefe and Holland line. were the ones who were getting a run in front of the guys you yeah. just mentioned, like yeah. every time we went to India or the UAE or something like Holland or O'Keefe would get a game. And then like, it was pretty much see you later. We'll catch you in another three years when we go back over there, you know? So mm. it'd be good to see Swepson get a crack at some point. It won't be this Australian summer uh, without an injury, but it's good to, it'd be good to see him kind of get a crack at, in, uh, in the subcontinent. If we head there shortly. Yeah. It's a, it's a problem. Poor Swepson's problem really is that uh, Nathan Lyon's about to turn 33 next week, but um, he could bowl until he's 38. Really, like that that um, mm. action is extremely repeatable. It's there's no yeah um, yeah there's just no like he's not going to injure himself in his action. Um, I wouldn't have thought, and he's taken 400 Test wickets nearly. So yeah, I, don't, I just don't see poor old uh, Swepper getting a getting a chance. Um, Anytime soon. Other than that, it's not a super surprising um, uh, test squad, really. It's nice to see Sean Abbott there, but I think he's another that it's kind of a, a bit of a, you know, just a, a like a long-term service award. award. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, and then poor old Michael Neeser might uh, end up being the best quick never to play a test for Australia. Um the real Andy Bickle areas with uh, <laughs> Michael Nessar. He's sick of seeing the Gatorades at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's move on to the Shield results because did, <laughs> we did want to talk about poor old South Australia, George. They just can't get it done. It's <laughs> they well, we, yeah, can't. We, t- we touched on it before. It's, all, it's just a very strange little spot. Dizzy Gillespie missed out on, I think, the first round of Shield because he was either still in England or finishing off his isolation when he got back. It's a bit of a strange one. They left Tom Cooper out. They left... Um, they left... Uh, Ferg out for one of the games as well. They've kind of switched them around. They don't know who's batting at three. Jake Weatherall just had to leave the hub. I think he's gone back to Darwin. So it's it's a strange situation. They're really getting belted and out of a game in the first innings of each game uh, and just salve, trying to salvage a draw. So I don't know what the position is of the team. Obviously, Ferguson's retired. Maybe was pushed. Who knows? If he was pushed, it's bad contracting to give someone a contract and then get rid of them three or four matches in. So it just depends if they want to continue to play the kids and keep losing, um, just to give give some kids a new, give the kids the experience. But it's a shame that they can't even take ten wickets at this point, as well. Yeah. It's, no. they well, they got rid of Zampa and Tommy 
Andrews over the off season. Well, Zampa left, but they got rid of Tom Andrews, who played most of the Shield season last year, made some kind of handy runs and was like serviceable. He'd be getting a game in this side for sure. So um, you got to wonder kind of where they thought they were. Uh, they put all their uh, faith in Lloyd Pope, and he's been chewed up and spat out to this point of the season. So oh, I wonder, you've got to wonder had, where to from here. They've had Jason Gillespie been appointed earlier, or a coach been appointed earlier, because they didn't have a coach for a very long time. Uh, whether or not whoever they were going to appoint as coach turned out to be dizzy. Whether or not he would make or have kept some of those players or done a better job in keeping uh, the team together or, or, or seeing the list and, and working out what exactly he needed. So um, it's it's not, again, we're, we're always back in the same spot where the Redbacks are just fighting out for draws. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't yeah, look like it's going it. to get any better. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, Cal Ferguson f- finished up with a heartbreaking 90 Four or ninety-seven was it? 90, 97. 97. Uh, it was. Yeah, yeah and his. Uh, you you another... can't blame the umpire for giving it out, but it did dart back a long way. I don't mm. know if, if you've seen the, the shout. The there's LB been shout. some interesting uh, decisions in the shield so far this season. Yeah. Cal um, Ferguson. Yeah. I'll, this can be the final time I'll ever say it on the podcast. Now that he's retired, but he is still the harshest, the most harshest treated Test cricketer in Australia's history. <laughs> In Australia's history, you reckon? Well, off the top of my head, who have you got? Oh, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have anything written down, but I'm, I'm sure I could find uh, others. Well, um, <laughs> Joe, Joe Manny. <laughs> was it Stuart Law? Yeah, Stuart Law played. Remember Stuart Law debuted with Ricky? Oh, you probably don't remember because it happened in 1996. Uh, 995, I should say. But he, he debuted alongside um, Ricky Ponting. Um, batted once, made 54, not out, never to be selected again. So huh. Pretty harshly. Brad Hodge made a double century. Brad Hodge, up, so, yeah. yeah. Sure. Sorry, Cal, but um, I reckon there's a couple, <laughs> couple ahead of you there. Um, the spectre of Sean Marsh looms large over <laughs> the shield yet again. He's just doing what he does, making big, bulk, domestic runs, Shawnee. He's loving Before the Before the test squad announcement too. Yeah. He <laughs> always does it. Whenever it's like a lingering or... No, we can't go back to Sean Marsh again. He just piles on runs and averages about a hundred, and you go, "Oh, here he comes again." Here, here he comes. I think they've, I think they've officially ruled him out because he's just, he's had too many chances. He's also like thirty-eight now, so he's, he's thirty-seven. We might, we, now. Might go, we might need to go back to this time last year. Just grab a little snippet of our podcast from about a year ago, where we're saying yeah. the same thing. But if he's, if he's not getting in a seventeen-man squad, Sean Marsh, as good as he might be batting at the moment. He's not getting in the team again. Yeah, I think, un- unfortunately, I think his, uh, his, his test career is, is over. Now, especially when you look at that squad and it does have guys like Will Pukowski in it, who's so much younger. Um, there's just, yeah, it's Australian cricket has moved on from Sean Marsh, uh, unfortunately, for, for the old fella. Um, but it does mean that he's uh, got plenty of scope to make a heaps and heaps and heaps of, uh, of first-class runs. He's already got 11,000 of them. See how many more he can... Uh, he can add to that. Um, I think we're probably nearly ready to wrap up. Let's before we do though. Um, actually, no. Let's talk about New South Wales pulling off the old, uh, oh, the old yeah. what local, the, the old local cricket style reverse outright. How about that? Incredible. <laughs> Knocked over for sixty four in the first dig, and then gone to comfortably uh, beat Tasmania. Like you'd think, if they rolled for sixty four, you'd need the opposition to be rolled for like. 
120, 130, something like that to make a game of it. They made 240. Like, it's not the worst score. Obviously, it's not a super score, but there's a 180-run head start for you. Yeah? And then to go on and lose by 150 runs from there is just remarkable. Like, it's just unheard of in cricket circles. Like, we were talking about it off air with, like, the comparison to Headingley and how Australia got done. But that was a nail-biter, like a one-wicket, like, could have easily gone either way. They did it with a leg in the air. They're 150 runs to spare. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was, like, they... So, Nick Larkin, Moises Enrique's, and Sean Abbott all made... Uh, second inning centuries on the way to six for five twenty two. They declared on poor Mitch Stark at eighty six. Oh. The poor bugger still um, still short of a, a ton at, at first class level. He has a test ninety nine, and he, if yeah. they'd let him bat on, he could have made it. They should have really in the end. They ended up doing it pretty comfortably. In hindsight, for sure, yeah. Unless I, mean, I, don't know the, I don't know the timing of it, but unless it was you know three or four overs before stumps or something, but surely you just send twelfth man out and say, Mitch, you've got two overs to make fourteen runs, and we're declaring. He's very capable. He didn't of it look. Too. At, he, he really threw the <laughs> the toys out the cot. Busy. He's flat. Yeah, I I saw the uh, explanation post game. I think Nathan Lyon did the presser, and they the team plan was to bowl for 45 to 50 minutes before stumps. And in that 45 minutes, they took two wickets, got Jordan Silk out, who made 100 in the first innings, um, which set up that last day for them to win. So in the post-game, Nathan Lyon said, well, Neville made the right call to make that 45-minute window because it set up the victory on the last day. But knowing what they know now, they probably should have just let him go for it because they literally, they waited for Abbott to make his ton, then pulled the pin instead of waiting for both of them to make their ton. So I think you're right. The way Mitch Stark can hit him and the size of some of those ovals, it might have only taken him five minutes to get there, but at least let him know that he's, he's got like, a chance. this is what we're going to do yeah. and you've got to do it. And we're, we want at least 40 minutes at him tonight. That's always going to be like, he would have known that plan going in. Clearly, he didn't take it well, threw the toys out of the cot, but I would understand why. I'd be flat as a tack if I was declared on an 86 and I'd never made a shield ton, let yeah. alone a local cricket ton. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, not, not quite the same as, not quite on the same level as uh, Mike, Mike Atherton declaring on Graham Hick, who was on in like 90, 98 or whatever it was back in the, the 90s. But it's, uh, you'd be, yeah, you'd be pretty yeah. flat as a. Uh, Poor, poor old Mitchie Stark. But yeah, they did it with leg in the air. The other thing I enjoyed from that game was Nick, um, Nick Larkin getting stumped by off the quick by Tim Payne. Beautiful yeah. stuff. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful stuff. You said suburban cricket earlier, Rudy. That's got suburban cricket dismissal written all over it, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah absolutely, it does. Um, all right. So we're just before fun. we go, Roots, before we go, one more thing. Yep. Virat, leaving after one test. Now. Yep. <laughs> I don't like Vera as much as the next bloke, but you want to see your best players play here. So I'm surprised that Cricket Australia didn't maybe read the writing on the walls, maybe try and get the wife out here in any possible way. Have Virat's son born out here. Ashes line up 2040. <laughs> Honorary Australian. Get the passport stamped. I reckon. <laughs> Come on, Cricket Australia. Have a think about it. <laughs> Bigger picture. <laughs> exactly right. Oh, well, uh, you, you can't begrudge Amanda going home and having a kid. Um, and it is a bit flattening because I'd like to see. It does make us huge favourites, you'd think. Um, I think we're going to hose them now. I reckon mm. we'll do it real easy. Like yeah. two, uh, a three or four nil kind of job under lights. Our bowlers, like that. They needed Pujara and, and Virat to kind of, um, you know, 
stabilise them through the middle order and, you know, put us to the sword like they have in the past. But without Virat there, their batting might be a bit skinny on our decks, I think. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that one. Uh, before we go, do you want to, like, uh, speculatively, speculatively pick our uh, our Test 11 for the first test of the summer? Um there's a few that pick themselves pretty much. There's probably really only two, maybe two spots up for grabs. Um, yeah. For me, it's obviously Dave Warner's going to be opening. I reckon they're going to debut Will Bukowski in there. Um, Marnus and Labashane and Smith at three and four pick themselves. And then I think they'll stick fat with Trav Head. Uh, I think uh, Matty Wade will get one last crack uh, at really cementing that six spot. And then um, from there, Payne, Cummins, and Stark, Lion, Hazelwood, all pick themselves. What do you boys reckon? I agree. Absolutely agree. Yep, with you there, Roots. If they were to play Cam Green, I'd say it would be Matt Wade who makes way before Travis Head. Yeah, I tend to, to agree I, with I can't that. see them bringing in Green and Pekoski and debuting them at the same time in the same test. I think there'll be one or the other. And if it's Green, then Joe Burns will open. And if um, if if it's Pekoski, um, Wade will bat at six. Yeah, I tend to agree. And I think with that, we can probably wrap up today's edition of the uh, Triple M Cricket Fan Podcast. We'll hope to uh, bring you more um, as the summer warms up uh, here in Melbourne and across in Adelaide where you still are, uh, Ports. Uh, so, yeah, that's exactly that's right. Exactly right. Uh, that's enough from us today. I've been your host, Rudy Edsel, been joined by Tommy Beers. Thanks, boys. It's been good fun. George Porter. Come on, Redbacks. Dig into the long haul. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs> Pray for rain. <laughs>